Do you ever look at someone and wonder what is going on inside their head? Well, I know. I know Riley's head. Riley and me forever. Well, for thirty three seconds. I'm sadness. Oh, hello. I I'm joy. So can I just if you could I just wanna fix that. <laughs> Thanks. Good morning, West Side. I hope everyone is doing well. My name is Caleb Klinger. I am the student ministry director uh, at Westside, and I got my youth group, well, a portion of my youth group sitting over here. Guys, don't worry. This week, I can't call on any of you to answer any tough questions, so you're good, okay? So you don't have to worry about me. I'm not going to bring you up on stage. You're fine. You're fine. (laughs) Welcome to week four of Advent at the Movies. Uh, It is my honor, my privilege to be able to come and deliver this message about joy uh, this morning, and I'm just so excited to share what God has placed in my heart with you guys. Uh, our series, Big Idea, and what we've been discussing uh, during At the Movies, whenever we do At the Movies, we understand that Jesus used culturally relevant stories to share timeless kingdom truths to lead people to God. And so we use movies, the culturally relevant stories of our day, in order to find the timeless truths that are implanted in them and, and marry them with Scripture in order to point people to God. Inside Out is the movie today. Inside Out is a movie where we follow along with Riley and her mind. And for most of the movie, she's an 11-year-old girl, and so there are these emotions that are characters in her mind. And they represent the different mental faculties, the different emotions that she expresses. And what's interesting about the movie, the movie starts off with joy. And we see that joy is this foundational emotional expression in the human experience. I believe that we are designed to experience joy. I believe that we are created with joy as a foundational expression for our lives. Paul, in his letter to the church at Philippi, actually talks about this and talks about an active expression of joy and how it's not controlled by in, or influenced by our circumstances, by our anxiety, by our worry. 
And so in Philippians 4, verse 4, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Paul lays out this pathway that goes from an expression of joy that leads to peace. And it's through this rejoicing, this outward expression of our inward joy and prayer in every circumstance of our lives. And so in this movie, we meet Riley, and we're welcome to her mind. These are Riley's memories, and they're mostly happy, you'll notice, not to brag. But the really important ones are over here. I don't want to get too technical, but these are called core memories. Each one came from a super important time in Riley's life. Uh, Like when she first scored a goal. That was so amazing. memory powers a different aspect of Riley's personality. Like Hockey Island. Goofball Island is my personal favorite. Come back here, you little monkey. (laughs) Yep, Goofball is the best. Friendship Island is pretty good, too. Oh, I love Honesty Island. And that's the truth. And of course, Family Island is amazing. The point is, the islands of personality are what make Riley, Riley. Let's get those memories down the long term. All right, we did not die today. I call that an unqualified success. She's got great friends and a great house. Things couldn't be better. After all, Riley's 11 now. What could happen? (laughs) 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 Okay, not what I had in mind. 
This movie has such a creative way of representing our brain and how our brain operates. And I think it reflects actually a prominent psychological theory called cognitive behavioral theory, which posits that uh, everything that we say, everything that we do, our actions, our behaviors, our emotions are actually the genesis of a thought or something that transpires in our brain and that it's thoughts that lead to actions. And as an uh, amateur enthusiast of cognitive behavioral theory, I always find it fascinating how this movie portrays the thoughts that cause Riley's emotions to activate and her, causes her behaviors and what she says. And what's interesting about cognitive behavioral theory is that it's a fairly new uh, psychological theory. However, when we read scripture, we see that it is in scripture. And so the psychologists are only about 2,000 years behind. I think, when it comes to CBT. So we see that what we think influences what we say and how we act. It's our thoughts and the things that transpire in our brain that actually lead to our words, lead to our actions, lead to the behaviors. And Paul writes about this when we continue in Philippians 4. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. See, he's talking about mindset that turns into action. He's talking about purposefully setting your mind, setting your thoughts on these admirable, lovely, pure, noble things, and it leads to the action. Paul knew more than anyone how the circumstances of life affect us. If you read about Paul's life when he became a missionary for Christ, he suffered tragedy after tragedy. The words that he wrote in Philippians, he wrote from prison. Like a lot of the letters that he wrote were from a place of oppression and suffering. And yet we see that he had this positive outlook and this positive mindset when it came to the circumstances of life. He experienced joy. And inside out, we see that for Riley, when life turns upside down after a move, her emotions start to misfire. Ah, a core memory! Oh, no! Dennis, what are you doing? It looked like one was crooked, so I opened it and then it fell out! <laughs> it's just that I wanted to maybe hold me. Oh, boy! Whoa, 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 whoa! You nearly touched a core memory. And when you touch them, we can't change them back. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. Something's wrong with me. I, it's like I'm having a breakdown. You're not having a breakdown. It's stress. I keep making mistakes like that. I'm awful. No, you're not. I'm annoying. They, well, uh, you, you know what? You can't focus on what's going wrong. There's always a way to turn things around, to find the fun. Yeah, find the fun. I don't know how to do that. Okay, well... Try to think of something funny. Um, oh, remember the funny movie where the dog dies? Oh, yeah, that's not... Oh, what about that time with Meg when Riley laughed so hard <laughs> milk came out of her nose? <laughs> come on, come on. Yeah, that hurt. It felt like fire. <laughs> oh, it was... Okay, okay, don't think of that. Let's try something else. Uh, what are your favorite things to do? My favorite... Um, well, I like it when we're outside. That's good! Like, there's the beach and sunshine. Oh, like that time we buried Dad in the sand up to his neck? Well, I was thinking more like rain. 
my favorite, too. We can stomp around in puddles, you know? There's cool umbrellas, lightning storms. More like when the rain runs down our back and makes our shoes soggy. And we get all cold, shivery, and everything just starts feeling droopy. Oh, hey, 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 easy. Why are you crying? It's, it's just like really the opposite of what we're going for here. Crying helps me slow down and obsess over the weight of life's problems. The movie begins to demonstrate what this emotional distress looks like. I don't know if you caught it, but in the background of uh, Joy and Sadness' dis- d- uh, discussion, all the memories were fear, disgust, anger, sadness. And it begins to represent what it looks like when we start to lose our joy. Joy is unattainable if we allow circumstances to control us. Joy is this this thing that we can grasp at, but if we are allowing our circumstances to control us, I believe it's unattainable. I don't believe that joy is something that we can manufacture out of sheer will. You see, Riley attempts to make the most of her circumstance in a new place, new city, and, and she does her best out of her own power, but she's lacking that solid foundation for her joy. The sources of her joy end up being fallible. If we don't have a solid foundation, our circumstances will end up becoming the influencer in our lives. Hello, did I wake you? You have to play that. Well, I have to practice, and I don't think of it as playing so much as hugging. Okay, first day of school, very, very exciting. I was up late last night figuring out a new plan. Here it is. I need a list of all the possible negative outcomes on the first day at a new school. Way ahead of you there. Does anyone know how to spell meteor? Disgust. Make sure Riley stands out today, but also blends in. When I'm through, Riley will look so good, the other kids will look at their own outfits and barf. Joy. Yes, Joy? You'll be in charge of the console, keeping Riley happy all day long. And may I add, I love your dress. It's adorable. Oh, this old thing? Thank you so much. I love the way it twirls. Train of thought. Right on schedule. Unload the daydreams. I ordered extra in case things get slow in class. Might come in handy if this new school is full of boring, useless classes, which it probably will be. Oh, sadness. I have a super important job just for you. Really? Mm-hmm. Follow me. What are you doing? And there. Perfect. This is the circle of sadness. Your job is to make sure that all the sadness stays inside of it. We have a new student in class today. Are you kidding me? Out of the gates? This is not happening! Riley, would you like to tell us something about yourself? No! Pretend we can't speak English! Don't worry, I got this. Uh, okay. My name is Riley Anderson. I'm from Minnesota, and now I live here. And how about Minnesota? Can you tell us something about it? Well, you certainly get a lot more snow than we do. Yeah, it gets pretty cold. The lake freezes over, and that's when we play hockey. I'm on a great team. We're called the Prairie Dogs. My friend Meg plays forward, and my dad's a coach. Pretty much everyone in my family skates. It's kind of a family tradition. We go out on the lake almost every weekend. Or we did, till I moved away. Hey, what gives? What? Hey, sadness, you touched a memory? We talked about this. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. Get back in your circle. What's going on? Get out of there, Joy! We used to play tag and stuff. Cool kids must prank at 3 o'clock. Did you see that? Look! They're judging us! Somebody help! Grab that! 
since we moved? Oh no! We're crying at school! What? Sadness, what are you doing? Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. Oh. <gasps> it's a core memory. But it's blue. <gasps> no, wait! Stop it! No! That's a core memory! Stop it! Wait! Ah, uh, core memories! Riley is now separated from joy. Maybe that's where you see yourself today. Maybe the circumstances of your life have caused this rift between you and the joy that you see in other people. And this is where I think the movie, you know, only tells one half of the story. Because as Christ followers, we understand something that is deeper, that is more... uh, foundational when it comes to our joy. In fact, Jesus talks about it with his disciples in John 15. Verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, there's no mature, there's no complete joy unless we have relationship with God. Jesus, in this message to his disciples, is talking about this idea of joy being complete only through his work in our life. That we can try as hard as we can to experience joy, and occasionally we might even bring ourselves some temporary happiness, but real, complex, mature Complete joy is only found in Christ. Because God has created us to be in relationship with him. We're designed to be in relationship, and we're designed to be in relationship with God. And we understand that it's sin that creates the gulf between us and God. Sin separates us from God. And it's separation from God that prevents us from experiencing true joy. It's that separation from God that prevents us from experiencing true joy. Sin, the separation, sin causes the gulf between us and God. And what separates us is not always of our own control. Sometimes it's the brokenness of life. Sometimes it's the things that happen in our families, in our friends. It's the things that we have no control over at times that separate us. But we understand that it's the brokenness of the world that we live in. Without Jesus, there is no hope of reconciliation to bring us back into relationship with God. And so in the movie Separated from Joy and Sadness, Riley's emotional health begins to crumble. Without joy, Riley succumbs to depression and despair. Riley! 
has no core memories, no personality islands, and no... <gasps> what? What is it? You. You're not in headquarters. Without you, Riley can't be happy. We gotta get you back up there. I'm coming, Riley. Come on. Where's my happy girl? Monkey. <laughs> oh, he's trying to start up goofball. the brilliant aspects of this movie is how it depicts the physiological changes that happen to our brain when we're suffering from depression despair. Like the actual physical changes that our brain undergoes when we are suffering from these negative thoughts and these negative thought patterns. We see that disconnect from joy disrupts our lives. That being disconnected from joy is a disruptive event in our lives. It not only disrupts our mental health, but it affects our physical well-being as well. Disconnect from joy leads to bitterness, leads to cynicism. What I find interesting is that we need to adopt a deeper understanding of what joy really is. You see, joy is not the opposite of sadness. Jesus talks about how when we experience joy, it is through the circumstances of our life. Joy is not a promise of ease. Joy is not a promise of comfort. Joy is not a promise that we can avoid struggles or pain. Joy is a deeper held, much more complex understanding of what it means to be happy. In fact, the Apostle James, who's the half-brother of Jesus, wrote this in his letter to the church. In James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And he echoes the words of Jesus here, this maturity, this completeness that comes when we allow the circumstances of our life to not be the soul influencer, when we consider it pure joy, when we go through the trials of life. He uses pure joy and perseverance as equals in this equation, that it's through the circumstances of our life that we are able to experience joy and allow it to mature and complete us. 
We see in the movie, Joy tries everything she can to get back to headquarters, but we discover that we cannot will ourselves into being joyful. Riley's imaginary friend! You really do know me? Well, of course! Riley loves playing with you! You two are best friends! Oh, oh, you would know. We're trying to get back to headquarters. Headquarters? You guys are from headquarters? Well, yeah. I'm Joy. This is Sadness. You're Joy? The Joy? Mm-hmm. Well, what the heck you doing out here? That's a good question. You want to answer that, Sadness? Oh, oh without you, Riley won't ever be happy. We can't have that. We gotta get you back. Uh, I'll tell you what, follow me! Oh, thank you. It is... It is so great to see you again. I gotta tell you, I am such a huge fan of your work. Do you remember when you and Riley were in a band? <laughs> I went to all of your concerts. Yeah, I blow a mean nose. Watching you play tag was such a treat. Two-time world champ. Oh, and remember your rockets. Of course, it runs on song power. That's right, your theme song. Who's your friend who likes to play? Bing bong, bing bong. His rocket makes you yell hooray. Bing bong, bing bong. What exactly are you supposed to be? You know what's unclear? I'm mostly cotton candy. But shape-wise, I'm part cat, part elephant, part dolphin. Dolphin? You gotta remember, when Riley was three, animals were all the rage. The cow goes moo, the horse goes neigh. That's all people talked about back then. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. What are you doing out here? Well, there's not much call for imaginary friends lately, so, uh, you know, um... <sighs> If you get in here, these core memories will get sad. I'm sorry. Riley needs to be happy. Joy? Stop it, please. Don't you get it, Joy? We're stuck down here. We're forgotten. Joy is forgotten. You know, this time of year has been proven to be the hardest for people that struggle with seasonal depression, for people that struggle with depression to begin with. There's so many pressures on us this time of year, whether it's the circumstances of life that are piling up against us, whether it's the pressure to maintain familial relationships whether it's the pressure to maintain friendships, to maintain activities, you're dealing with kids, finishing up the semester. There's so many things that could be adding up. Your work, what it, whatever it may be, piling up against you, the circumstances of life just seem like they can't be overcome. 
Maybe you're still dealing with a loss. Maybe you're still dealing with division in your life. Joy just seems so far out of reach. The hope that we have is that in Christ, we have a completed, mature joy that transcends understanding. That is, in our relationship with Christ, that foundational relationship with Christ, we can stand firm in him and reach that complete, mature understanding of what joy really is. We have Christ. And when all else fades, when all else passes away, it is Christ and our relationship with him that remains. Well, Joy discovers in the movie, they get back to headquarters and she discovers that part of understanding joy is to embrace the other emotions instead of shutting them out. You can't, Joy. Yes, you can. Riley needs you. hasn't even seen Riley all day. What? What was she wearing last year? You don't remember what... Riley! Riley. There you are. Thank oh, goodness. we were worried sick. Where have you been? It's so late. Team. I want to 
go home. Please don't be mad. Oh, sweetie. We're not mad. You know what? I miss Minnesota, too. I miss the woods, and we took hikes. And the backyard where you used to play. Spring Lake, where you learned to skate. It's a powerful message for us there, church. That joy and sadness learn to coexist. They complement each other. Grief and sadness actually give permission to joy. In that scene, sadness is the one that beckons joy back into the picture. And I want you to understand that joy is not this thing that we can't attain. That joy is not this thing that is far off. And it's when we embrace the circumstances of our life, the grief, the sadness that comes with those things, but where feet are firmly planted in Christ, that we experience true, pure, complete, mature joy. And it goes beyond understanding it. It it transcends the circumstances of our life. And it is solid. It is a foundation that will not crumble, that will not pass away but the other thing about that scene is she wasn't alone she was in the community that she trusted she was with her parents friends the church is the community of God we are the the body of Christ we were designed to be in community with each other to help each other through the circumstances of life That is why Christ set us on this earth for that purpose, to be here for each other. Complete joy is found when I fix my eyes on Christ in community with one another. That is what we are called to do. As we wrap up this Advent season leading into Christmas, I want to remind you that Jesus is the foundation of everything that we do. He is the hope of the world. He is the hope that we put our trust in, we put our faith in. It is his love that spurs us into action, that calls us to love the people around us, that causes us to show the love of Christ to the world around us. It is his peace that we can rest in, no matter what the circumstances are. And it is his joy that completes the joy within us, that allows us to express joy in every circumstance. I wanna echo Paul's words to the church. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We're gonna take some time to pray with one another.
because no one stands alone. No one has to go through the circumstances of life alone when they are connected to the body of Christ. When you come into this room, you are part of a family and a body that loves and supports one another. So I want you to stand, and I want you to turn to a person that is next to you. And, and these words are gonna be up on the screen. Father, help my friend rejoice in all circumstances. And as soon as I finish praying, I want you to go, and I want you to pray with someone that is near you. I want you to pray that they can find that pure, that complete joy in Christ during this season. Heavenly Father, we come before you now. We lift up the circumstances of our life to you. We turn our eyes to you. We fix our eyes on your son. The author and the finisher of our faith your son who completes our joy inside of us, who is the foundation for everything that we are. We ask that you show us how to experience, how to rejoice in every circumstance. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.